Hello and welcome to the Spread Podcast. I'm your host, Kaz. This is our first episode for 2022, and I am really excited for what this year has to bring. But more importantly, let's talk about this episode coming out. In this episode of The Spread, we talk to two members of our audience as they share how their coming out stories shaped their lives. I'm joined by Kendi, Eric, and the lovely Tapiwa who came in all the way from South Africa. Some of the topics we cover are polyamory as the curiosity around this topic grows, homophobia in the workplace, and what it's like living in a homophobic Kenyan home. Coming out allows many people to experience a more authentic version of themselves and may sometimes be done in order to shed some of the dead weight of the facades we wear. In the same breath, I must add, coming out isn't always necessary. More often, the idea of coming out can cause more harm than good. So there are many people living in secret for the safety of their lives and those close to them. Other reasons may include not wanting to disappoint friends and family, fear of prejudice in the workplace, gaslighting, and a buffet of other reasons. Coming out in a homophobic country is a privilege, as I have come to realize. And I, for one, do not take it for granted. On that note, please enjoy this episode and don't forget to subscribe to The Spread Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Spread Live! All right then. I want to introduce our first guest for tonight. Please put your hands together for my very wonderful friend, all the way from South Africa slash Zim. Put your hands together for the rope master, Tapiwa. We don't have very many penis owners here, so uh, we need to give some... <laughs> Testing is free. So I want to do something that I've never done before on the spread. I'm actually glad that you guys are here for the first time because I usually have a um, set group of guests. Um, today our conversation is very pride-themed. I want to talk about coming out and all of the different aspects and all of the different variants of what it means to come out and all of the different layers of coming out because sometimes it's not just one, sometimes it's several different layers. Sometimes you have to start slowly, sometimes you have to tell different people at different times. Um, I have an empty seat I'd like to fill. So if anybody in the audience feels that they're brave enough to come up and we can talk a little bit about your coming out story, please raise your hand. Wow! Yes! Come! Did you raise your hand? Did you come? <laughs> where, where? Oh, please come. Come, 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 come. Please, please come. Yes. The stairs around here. Hi. What's your name? Kendi. Kendi, what are your pronouns? She, her, I heard you say. She, her. First of all, you are cute. Right? 
thank you. I mean, Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone is looking fine as hell, right? Yeah, I think there is a microphone behind you. Thank you. What's your name? Uh, I am Eric. Eric, what are your pronouns? I am not sure yet. Okay, so what do you want us to use in the meantime? Eric, he, I guess. Yeah, we could use he, we could use yeah. they. You could use they. Okay. Uh, I have my cousin over there. Hi, cousin over there. Yeah, she was filming, I'm sorry. <laughs> she invited me. I've never even known about your podcast. She was just telling me about it. Oh, my And I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Tisk tisk. A lot of ladies, a lot podcast. of lovely ladies. The Spread Podcast, please subscribe. It's Thank one you. of the biggest podcasts on the African continent. Woo, woo. Yes. And to my left, we have Tapiwa. What are your pronouns? Uh, is this on? All right, yeah, there we go. I'm Tapiwa, I'm he, him. Okay. And what brings you to Kenya? Uh, I was running away from home a little bit, um, but also I came to experience the food, experience the culture, and also run a few rope-related workshops and events, yeah. So we're going to be doing a performance later on tonight. Yes, we're going to be doing a performance. Uh, a rope performance. And then the last two days we did uh, some rope workshops as well, some familiar faces. So yeah, it's been fun. Kenya has been very hospitable. It's actually borderline aggressive. <laughs> like welcome, 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 welcome. No, thank you so much. Okay, cool. Thank you. So we have Tapiwa, Kaz, Kendi, and Eric. Welcome to the Spread Live. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm going to start with like a really easy question. First, Eric, where did you grow up? I grew up in Moranga. I'm a typical Kikuyu. I've been raised in the Bundus. Yeah, and uh, for Kikuyus who live here, it's, it's a really homophobic like environment to be raised in. So, um, I, I, I'm talking too much. No. Never. This is a podcast. If you don't oh. talk too much, we have no content. Okay, okay. So I let it out. Okay, fine, great. I was telling her uh, recently, sometimes when I'm talking and I'm expressing myself, I would do this, and I had people, like, people I know who'd hit my hands and be like, oh, you, dude, why are you talking like this? And I'd be like, see, it's because I feel, I feel comfortable like that. But that's a, um, after a while, you start feeling like you're living a lie or you're not being your utmost self, and you become this person who you don't like. I guess that's why I am right now. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really brave of you. Kendi, where did you grow up? Uh, in Nairobi. Okay, and what was your upbringing like? Um, mixed family, um, mixed Those culturally. Those are the worst. <laughs> yeah, mixed culturally. What about you, Tapiwa? What was your upbringing like? I uh, grew up in very conservative Zimbabwe, uh, in Harare. Um, I always had to make trips to the village every like, other weekend, but if I wasn't at home, boarding school, so mostly boarding school. I think maybe 14 years of boarding school. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I was raised in a school, I would say. Oh, yeah. Any other boarding school people? Trauma. Trauma. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love boarding school, to be honest. Really? Yeah, because which boarding school did you go to? Piju. Peponi. Oh, see? Oh. Yeah. That's not boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> I say the same thing. I went to Turi. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> it was quite cool. <laughs> we had great. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> You're right. It's like a really expensive rehab. Wow. <laughs> okay, so um, what do you identify as? Like, what's your sexuality? I am, um, I, earlier on I'd say that I was recently coming out. I've been hetero all my life, but I feel like I'm more than that. I feel like now, I feel like I'm a bit fluid. Okay. Because, yeah, I go either way and, yeah. We love that for you. We really it's nice do. to say this out loud, you know. And in front of a really loving and open community of people that just like are not here to judge you. This is a completely judgment-free zone. So this is great. Thank you. Like, I'm so proud of you. If nobody ever fucking told you, I am so proud of you. And you have family here. Like everyone, not even just your cousin. You have a whole family here. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Girls. Oh, and guys. And non-conforming folk. Um, what about you? What's your um, identity? Um, I identify now as queer. When I was from 18 to my mid-20s, I identified as a lesbian, which was complicated. And then transitioning to being queer was just as complicated. <laughs> I am going to ask you more about that a little bit later. Um, Tapiwa, what do you identify as? If you... <laughs> Tapiwa and I have had this conversation so many times, so I'm really interested for you guys to hear what he has to say. What do you identify as? I was a little bit confused. Yeah, straight leaning, but a little bit confused. I'm uncertain about a few different things. So because I haven't figured out where they're going, I have no idea what to say, really. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, more mm. letters will be added. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're currently at, what do you guys know the letters to reach so far? L-G-B-T-Q-I-A-P-K. K is kink. Yeah. P is pansexual or poly. Do we have any polyamorous people in the house? What, what, what? But getting there. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> really? Please tell me a little bit. Of, tell me about that. How do you used to be poly and then you're what? You're monogamous now? Yeah. Explain. Um... Yeah, I used to be open to having like different relationships with different kinds of people, and I was very open about it. And I'm now in a very different kind of relationship, but with the option that eventually like will be open to that sort of thing. But right now, no. Um, so, do you think that your identity as a polyamorous person changes just because you're in a monogamous relationship, or don't you still identify as a polyamorous relationship currently in a monogamous experience? Um. No, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to put it. I think, I think I'm open, um, definitely, to that kind of like, um, dynamic and that kind of relationship. But for now, I am in a uh, monogamous relationship, so I consider myself monogamous. Um, and, but yeah, I want to identify in a way which is reflective of exactly where I am as I am today. So like, yeah, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I am. But I'd like that. I've also had that experience and I'm not like in any way like against it in the future, maybe. Of course, we'll yeah. Can I ask okay. a question, actually? Now, I'm curious, if you were single, what would you say? Would you say you're a poly or a monogamous person or would you say you're a single person? I think now, as I get older, if I was still single, I'd say I'm queer, so I'm open to a lot of different kind of experiences. And it really depends on, on the people that I'm with or the person that I'm with at that time and, and what works for that relationship. 
and, and then how I define it will be based on, yeah, what, what is most important to me at that time. Like, is it, is it having more experiences? Then I'll be like in a poly space where I'm like, um, or is it this one relationship? And I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on that and I'm happy with that and I'm satisfied by that. Then I will identify in that way. So it's, it's weird. I'm, I'm all over the place. Like maybe, maybe, like you said, maybe my identity is confused. Like, <laughs> there should be a C. Yeah. <laughs> but queer and confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I think Shaz is confused. <laughs> so the C for y'all, I think. That you like, yeah. you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a stud in my life. Trust me. Oh my God. So worth it. <laughs> yeah, wipes drool. <laughs> I have, you have a question, Chaz? Oh, um, so there's a question coming from the audience asking what are studs? You've been hearing about stud TikTok. Um, I think studs also like to define themselves in different ways, but for the most part, they're like butch lesbians. Um, but then there's also stems. And then I don't know what the difference between a stem and a stud is. Does anyone? You do? Oh, could you come, come, come. So I'm not a stud or a stem, but from my understanding is a stud is a masculine presenting woman and a stem is a stud and a femme. So masculine oh, and feminine, like they have both. That's why ST and EM. Yeah, yeah. You smart. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Okay. Um, Eric, I have a question for you. Yes. When did you realize that you were queer? Um, and has that kind of been a development over the years for you? It has. It's not like I just woke up and realized. Like she said, um, there's something she said about going with emotions. And at times, you're like, you're poly, and you're dating somebody, and you're dating another person. So all through primary school, I had these, you know, those instances where you were like, you're with a guy, and then you date a chick in high school, and then you date another guy, and then... So at the point where I am, it's like, for the most of my college life, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted people to love me for who I was, and I felt that they would not like me if they knew that I was fluid or anything. But um, after a while, it becomes really sad you start hating yourself. So I, I guess you just, you just have to like love yourself and know who you are and you just see where it goes. Yeah. Let's yeah. give it up for Eric. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I also think the journey with loving yourself is a continuously endless journey that doesn't stop because it starts with healing and we have so much mm. trauma, man. Mm -hmm. As queer people, we have an added layer of trauma in our childhood. As Africans, it's already traumatizing. <laughs> As a Kenyan, my God. <laughs> like, it's already hard enough being raised by really toxic African parents and people don't talk about those kind of relationships. Um, even though at the end of the day, we do know that our parents are doing their best. But, and their best is different from our best. Our best is bigger than their best, and their best is bigger than their parents' best. So our folks think that they're doing the best to protect us, but a lot of the time, the protecting is more hurtful, I think. So like, I feel like loving yourself is a healing journey. Like, If I on. can say something. Absolutely. 
Um, I've had to change my career a couple of times. Tell me more. I wanted to do the arts. I wanted to cook sometimes. I wanted to like delve more into design or artwork. But you'd find somebody who'd tell you, like, this is chick stuff. Like, why are you sitting there braiding hair? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm really good at this, and I love it. And sometimes you, you get to a point in life where after all these things and all these rejections and all these people telling you not to do some things because chicks do this and dudes are not supposed to do this, it's a lot. I wouldn't even know it. It, it got to a point I was like, uh, you, just, you just have to be yourself. Yeah. I hope I'm not bumming you guys out. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> these are lived experiences. A lot of us share the same experience. So it's not bumming people out. It's like, everyone is just like, I know. I get it. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, a question for you, Kendi. <laughs> In what ways do you think your story would have been different if you would have been exposed to queer love and queer couples and families as a child, do you think things would have changed for you growing up? Um, actually, it's funny you say this because uh, you know I, I started listening to you about a year ago, and it was actually really powerful for me, like as a, as a queer woman, a queer Kenyan woman. Um, and 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 there's one of the podcast I can't tell you which one it was, where you talk about some experiences you had with women growing up which you kind of um, negated as, as not actual sexual experiences. And I think I did that for a long time. When I started figuring out, I was like, oh, I like women. I think I started liking them in a way which, which wasn't necessarily um, respectful to, to the women that I liked because I didn't consider them in the same way that I was like, I considered like a, a male partner. Um, and, and, and it wasn't even that I was having very many male partners at all. Like, in fact, it, like I was literally having women partners, but like, at the same time, I, I never thought it, like, that this could be also a real like, relationship. Then it took me, I had, I had a very serious, I had a three year relationship with a woman and it was actually during that period of that relationship where I was like, I had to like, kind of unpack a lot of um, how I had seen the other women that I had like, had experiences with in the past, where I had dismissed it and even when they had come up with emotions, I, I ignored them. And, and so I think, um, the idea of, yeah, I think just, just recognition of, 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 of affection and, affection and, and experiences. Like, even for yourself and, and, and how you also treat that. So that I think would be different, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's like answer. No, 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 question. that is the perfect answer. Because like, an answer. you answered the question that I asked you, so it's <laughs> the perfect answer. It's an answer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because I, um, do you guys feel the same way about that? Like, had we... Um, been exposed to different cultures. We're, we're, we're mostly exposed to straight culture and binary culture. Um, had we been exposed to like more queer films or more queer environments or... I feel like... I'm going to say we, but I know that I'm probably older than all of you. <laughs> Black don't crack. Um, <laughs> I feel like... My generation, which is like I'm a, I'm a millennial, 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 yes. Um, I think my generation are the first people to sort of come out. I feel like anybody up older than me, like my older brothers and cousins are still, like anybody over 40, I feel is, has like a headspace where they're still living closeted or um, are too scared to have conversations with their peers or with their parents. 
Um, and I think that's a bit of a struggle. So I think it's definitely different for us. I mean, something like this, honestly, even like 10 years ago, was not a thing. It wasn't possible. So snap for yourselves. Yes. Tapiwa, what would you consider was your coming out story and in what sense? So um, part of that alphabet covers aromantic people. And if you don't know, aromanticism is the idea that I don't necessarily identify with the, to me, it's a concept of love uh, in the sense that it kind of makes a priority of certain people over other people. And for me, I see humanity and animals and plants as equal entities. So when people profess love about a specific person, a specific thing, to me, it echoes a lack of love for everything else. So because I'm that person who loves everyone and everything, I'm also poly and also I'm also into kink because we're going to do rope later. Yeah. So at some point I had to, I was tired of questions for my family around when are you getting married? Um, why haven't you found someone to love yet? And I don't really say I love you to my mother, to anyone really, because I used to say it as a disgenuine thing, as a mimicry of what's happening around. So at some point I just sat my family together. I was like, uh, oh, I've also had a vasectomy as well because I don't want children either. So I was tired of endless questions around when are you going to do all these things? And I didn't come out for their, their sake. Or I was just like tired. I was like, listen, here's a rundown. The greatest hits. You need to know this, 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 this. <laughs> right? if, if any of your siblings, so I'm talking uncles and aunts uh, and other sort of elders in the community, if they have questions, I'm sending them your way. I've done my part. Leave me alone. Right, because these are not relevant questions for your life. You've lived your life, and this is my life. Um, so let's leave it be. Yeah, that's kind of how I did it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Could I ask a question? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I kind of get what you're saying. Do you usually feel weird when you go like home to the place where you grew up, and they ask you these questions, like, do you anticipate that journey, or do I usually like cringe, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know what they're going to say, and I can expect all the questions, like, when are you bringing that lady? So at, at this point, because I also have a very public uh, persona around my sex education and kink work, um, family WhatsApp groups have shared so much of my stuff, like, oh, let's, let's see what it's doing again, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So when I go home, I used to go home ready for the battle. Now I'm just like, I don't really care. Yeah, so I go home, I go home. And people's thoughts around it is not my problem, yeah. yeah. That's inspiring. Oh, but, but also I have to say, I recognize that, um, I mean, if, we, if I didn't wear the fishnets, I don't visibly look queer, whatever that means. So I can kind of slink around and get away with, I sound the way I sound, I look the way I, sound, uh, I look. So questions don't come up often, yeah. Straight passing, it's called. There we go. <laughs> I was straight passing for so long, I used to hate it. I got the tattoo. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm not straight. <laughs> also, it's really hard to get laid. <laughs> um, 
This is a question for any member of the audience who wants to come up to the microphone and answer. What do you guys think of the phrase coming out? Like, it, it's funny because this is kind of the first time I'm having these conversations. And strangely, I'm having the most like, public space ever, <laughs> which is not really my nature. Um, but I was having this conversation earlier. I met like, two really amazing women like, like, that we just met like, just now, who I was sitting with. And um, I was talking about how I, you know, I came out like, aggressively, if I say that, like, as a lesbian. Like where I was like, this is who I am. Like you know, I I will not accept your expectations of me, and the and like whatever the blowback is, I'm ready to take it. And it was difficult. It was it was really um, it was it was it was painful, you know. Um, the people who you you know love you, and, and they still love you. Like I'm very grateful. Like that in my family, it was definitely it was still love, but they're questioning a lot about you, and they're also judging something for you. You is your identity, you know. Um, and, and also trying to sway you in different ways. And then when I, like, I, I now have a, a different relationship with, with an exceptional person, an exceptional partner, but then coming back, kind of coming out again, to be like, okay, like, you know, yeah, like, remember that fight we've had for like, like 10 years? <laughs> like, um, so I'm also now dating this person. Like, and, and that, I think, actually, funny enough, was, was almost harder um, because it made me also feel like a fraud. And it, it made me, like I was explaining, I was like, this is actually the first time I'm coming into a queer space after maybe 10 years. Um, because I know I'm a queer woman. Like, I, I love women. Like, I, I now know that I can, I can also really, really love, I'm gonna say a man, because there is a man in my life. Um, I'm not sure about other men, but like that one, yes. Like, um, like truly. I don't know, I think, you know, coming out in, in all aspects, like um, confronting people's expectations you know, of, of who you are. And then it's, it's that idea of like, can you evolve and can you change and can you be different from what people want or expect you to be? Um, and then if you do come out, then they're like, oh, you're pretending to be something. In, in both, I remember feeling that in both ways. Like, and even today, like kind of being here and like, maybe that's even one of the reasons I put my hand up to kind of like speak to like the queer experience. And maybe, maybe when I said I was confused before, maybe that's actually wrong because actually it's, it's not that it's confused, it's just that it's different. Mm -hmm. and, and different is difficult. And harder to explain. And yeah. but even who I am today may not be who I am in like five, ten years. I don't know. I have no idea. Like I know, like they were asking me earlier because I bought something at the sticker stand, and they were like, "What is your sticker?" And I was like, "Queer." <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like you know. Um, yeah. But but I like me. Yeah. I'm, I don't have an issue. <laughs> but yeah, and I like um, I, and I like the people that I like. They've been awesome. Like. Yeah. 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 I, I think I can relate to that a little bit. Um, I was also kind of like very confused growing up. And um, like Kendi was saying earlier, I mean, as a teenager, I was having sexual relations with girls, but then I never considered them sexual relations. Like I, I used to, I, I wrote a list of all of the men that I slept with, and then I never added women onto that list because I thought sex with girls was not like real sex. <laughs> I don't know. Has anybody ever, everyone is just like, <laughs> so um, yeah, I had all of that, and then, and then I fell in love with my best friend when I was maybe um, 18 years old, and we got into a relationship that she didn't want to tell anybody about, but I wanted to shout from the top of the roof, <laughs> and that's when I came out to my mom, 
and it was in a bar because I just needed to lather, lather her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> her more than me. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, yeah, mom, there's something I have to tell you. And I didn't say that I was a this or I was a that. I just said, I've been dating this girl because my mom knew who she was. And I was like, we've been dating, we're in a romantic relationship. And my mom, I think drinking was the wrong idea, just started crying. We were in gypsies. We were in gypsies, I took her to a gay bar. <laughs> she just started crying, shedding tears. And, she's, and I'm just like comforting her because I think she feels bad, like she's failed as a mother, you know? And then I'm just like, you know, I, I turned to her and I asked, mom, what's, what is the, what is the pain you're feeling? Like, what is the, I'm happy, I'm in love. We're in a great relationship, I thought. And um, I'm like, what is it? What, what, like, what's the thing that you're crying about? And then she goes, I'll never have grandkids. I said, mother, <laughs> I still have the parts. If I wanted to have children, I could still have children. I'll just get a donor. And she was like, and that was it and then after that she's been so supportive of my relationships um i've never yes thank you i have never on the other hand come out to my father because with the question that i asked what is coming out like coming out is not necessarily important Like, we have to think about the reason why we're doing it. I told my mother, because my mother and I had a very close relationship, she also passed. Um, When I say also, I mean I'm in reference to Shaz. Um, But, so, I had a very, very beautiful relationship with my mother. We talked about everything. My mother is the one who taught me about sex in a very crude way, but nonetheless, I was telling um, Tapiwa that earlier that the first... Um, advice that my mother gave me about sex. I was 11 years old and she said to me, the ugliest thing in the world is a naked man with socks on. That was it. I was just like, I had a boyfriend at 11 and that's all she thought to tell me. I was like, okay, so should I tell him to take his socks off? I don't know. Like, where are we going with this? Um, But all this is to say, I, I've never come out to my father. I don't think it's important to. I don't, it doesn't, he's very homophobic. Um, telling him is just going to cause him more distress. I don't hide who I am. I have my rainbow tattoos. I wear my rainbow kit. My favorite color is rainbow. But like, I feel like it's none of his business. A lot of heteros, normative and heterosexual people just sexualize queer relationships. So the minute that you come out to your family, the only thing they think about is a dick going in your ass. Anal sex, yeah. Yeah. Or like, how do you, your girls, how do you fuck? So are you like the girl or the boy? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they don't even know bottom or top. They just say, are you the girl or the boy? There's no like, ah. So like sometimes I feel like coming out is not so important. Does anyone else feel that way? Yeah. Do you want to speak on it? Um, so I agree with you that coming out is not necessarily important because um, when I think about it as a career or the thing that you do for life, the only time that that question comes up is when people meet you, 
but at that time you also have a choice in whether you tell them what you do or not right and they're also the same sort of um, attitudes and perceptions that are attached with it if you're a doctor people seem to have this sort of respect for you I don't know where it comes from yeah. if you say you're in the arts there's respect and uh, equal amounts of disrespect right true and so you have a choice in how you want people to treat you based on that and so for me it's the same thing when you think about how you identify and coming out is sort of that process I whether I tell you I'm a doctor or not does not change the fact that I go to hospital I put on scrubs and I treat people your knowledge of that does not affect the work that I do. Your knowledge of that does not influence how I do my work. And so for me, coming out is the same thing. You knowing or me sharing that information with you does not necessarily impact your life, but it also doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change how I interact with the people that I love or the people that I choose to have relationships with. And so, for me, it's, it's really a bit of a, uh, I don't want to, I'm not sure exactly what word to use. Conundrum? It, thank you. Thank you. That is a I got perfect you. It's a word. It is a conundrum because it doesn't matter until it matters to certain people, right? And then you say, okay, maybe you should know. But at the end of the day, even the people that you tell, right, um, and this is a hundred percent assumption. Once you told your mom, it did not change anything for you. It might have maybe in some ways brought you closer with your mom because now she felt like she was holding this secret for you, but it's not because you had changed. The only thing that she had was the perception of a secret that she was holding for you. And so that is, that is how I perceive it. It's, yeah. Thank you. Please give them a round of applause. I don't know your pronouns, so I don't want to assume. <laughs> um, Eric, what was your coming out experience like? Um, I'd like to go back on what you said. Go ahead. I feel like also background matters a lot in coming out, because she was talking about her career and everything and her work. I feel like by coming out, it's going to affect the place that I work with, the, the people that I work with, because most of them are the type of people who are still closed up and they're like, this is the way it should be. The patriarchy. Yes. So I have to present myself in a certain way. I have to talk in a deeper voice when I'm at work. Do you? I cannot do this. Yeah, I actually do that. It's tiring. It is so freaking tiring. Oh my god! I swear, there are times I just have to keep my hands, and I'm like, you need to do this, <laughs> you know. And, and I'm like, ha, ah, keep your hands to yourself. So I can't say that I fully come out, but it's it's what I'm doing right now, I guess. Yes, look at you. <laughs> this is your coming out story. <laughs> you didn't even know it. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know it coming here. Funny story. Funny story. This is the first time I'm, I'm on a stage since actually speaking on a stage since um, when I was in class seven. 
I used to be in drama, but I used to be casted as a chick. I was in a boarding school. Yeah, yeah, the whole boobs and everything, stuffing, you know, waltzing on the stage. So there's this traumatic experience that I had, and I was, it was drama festivals, I think it was provincial level, and I was the maid in that play. So I came out and I did my part and everybody roared with laughter and it terrified me and it gave me stage fright. And I could never go on a stage again. And I loved, I loved acting and I loved, I ended up doing film production just, be, just to be behind the camera, not in front of it. Like as close to in front as you can be. As close to the action as I can be. But I never wanted to ever go back in front of people and talk because I felt like I was not what they wanted to see. The lies we tell ourselves. That's not true. Yeah. You're yeah. a beautiful human being. You're very, very fucking brave. And you're going to live a very beautiful life and find... Liquid s- confidence. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's you. It's you. Don't blame the liquor. <laughs> Guys, please let's give Eric a big round of applause. I think he deserves it. Ooh, can, I add, can I add something to this, actually? Hell yeah. So what, what you said about your voice really connected with me. Um, slightly different reasons. So I grew up, my voice never broke. As a baby, like, ah. <laughs> But I remember going to an all-boys boarding school. And the senior students always used to bully me around it. And you'll find, if I'm relaxed, I talk like this. But if I'm aware of other people, it's also uh, as a man walking up behind people. I'm always like, oh, hey, how's it going? I always have to like kind of do the the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, that became, this became my voice. And I always used to speak like this. And then one day I was like, what am I doing? You know, you're raising such a huge part of your identity for other people's sake. And, other, and in some context for safety, I get it. If I'm going to be walking at night behind somebody, you don't want to hear this voice. Yeah. No matter what you're picturing, it's not a good picture. <laughs> um, but there's something about even the voice, like accepting your voice, it's quite a powerful thing, yeah. And the thing with coming out, I like that you said that we come out in layers, right? So before I told my mother, I told my aunt, the most fun aunt. Do we all have a fun aunt? (laughs) Then you can go to with Moshene. Yeah. So I told my fun aunt. She was so happy. It was like, oh my God, I've never met a lesbian in my life. And she was like, if you ever get married to a woman, you give me one year advance notice, I need to buy a dress and I need to buy my ticket because I know it's not going to be in Kenya. <laughs> I need a year to save up for your wedding. I was like, oh, thanks. I hope it's going to be like that when I talk to mom. <laughs> yeah. So there are layers. You had said that as well. Because even just as your identity changes, your coming out changes. Because then people, um, people's pronouns change. That's a whole com- another coming out that you have to do with your folks or with whoever especially with your folks because people will misgender you a lot and then you have to be like no it's it's they or it's it's he or it's she or whatever it is that you identify as so coming out has so many layers and you you know family friends social media work is it even necessary to come out at work everybody just thinks about the way you have sex they're sexualizing you the minute you start to come out at work I'm so glad I do the work I do. I'm here and I'm queer. 
if I could say um, sure, yeah, something because well, I figure out what I'm going to say. Yeah, your um, your story about your aunt kind of like resonated with me because the first person I came out to was actually my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like, and my grandmother was a very unconventional. Oop, she is a very unconventional Maasai woman. She's she's unwell at the moment, so she's not with us in the same way. But she was like this exceptional person. Like, and I think about a lot of kind of the things that I've been brave about is really it really stems from her. Um, I was even explaining at the same table. I, like every time I wanted a piercing, a tattoo, whatever it was, my grandmother was like, "That is a very good idea," and we will not tell your mom. <laughs> like, like every single time. Um, and so the first time I remember, I came out to her and. I went into her room and I was like, hey, you know, and I was called my grandmother Muti. So I was like, Muti, I need to tell you something. And she was like, okay. I was like, it's kind of serious. Like, okay, okay, okay. And my grandmother, okay, this is maybe too much information. My grandmother always slept naked. So I've come into her room in the middle of the night. She's got a little like wrap on. So she's like, okay, come, come, come. Lie in the bed here. She turned off the lights. And it was like, in the dark, she's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like, and I'm there with my, my grandmother. <laughs> who was basically naked in the dark. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah, so, um, Muti, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm gay. Like, I've been dating this woman for like two years and, you know, and, and I'm scared and I wanna like be open. And then she's just like, ah, that's it. She's like, everybody's gay. <laughs> like, like, and then she goes on like, and my grandma's very strange. She going on to name like everybody that she knows. She's like, that person's gay and this person's gay and they're gay. Like she was even underwhelmed. She was like, it was, it was, it was like, I was like, come on, it's something very boring. You made me switch off the lights for yeah. that. <laughs> she was ready for a really like, she was like, like I'm pregnant and it's, you know, I'm having a baby with, I don't know, like, <laughs> like, but like, yeah. So um, I, I remember that today as something, which was very kind of relieving. I was like, and then, She's like, okay, 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 okay. But don't tell your mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I actually had a conversation with another guy called Eric, um, who I hosted on my podcast and told me about his coming out story. And he went to his grandmother um, in, I think his grandmother is like from Meru, I think. And um, when he said, yeah, I'm gay, his grandmother said exactly the same thing. Ah, everybody's gay. And started talking about, you know, before the white people came to our land, nobody used to give a fuck who you fucked. Everybody was fucking everybody. In fact, I recently learned that in Kikuyu tradition, pre-colonial times, that they used yes. to, like one of your, um, what do you call it, like rite of passage um, f- amongst teens, regardless of what your gender was, was that they'd throw all of the people from the village, the village is usually just like your cousins and your, your relatives, yeah? They throw all of you in a room and they say, experiment. <laughs> so that when you get married, <laughs> you know what you're doing. <laughs> Did you guys know that? <laughs> there's actually a term for it. I don't know what the term is, but there's a name for it. Go and ask your folks. But don't say where you got the information from. <laughs> um, question to people. What do you think about outing? People outing people. So somebody comes to you with, and it's a privilege for somebody to come out to you, like you coming out to your cousin. You're privileged enough to hold such a great um, part of Eric's life. So you are in a place of power. Your cousin could choose to go and be like, to say to anyone, absolutely anybody, even somebody that doesn't know you, oh, so-and-so is queer or is fluid or whatever, and they're outing you. 
Yeah, I think like like you said, it's quite a quite a responsibility. Actually, yeah. in fact, even to make it a little bit more personal, mm. um, like people sharing your stuff in family groups. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that might be outing. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's such a a personal thing, such an important aspect of someone's being to say, oh, this is who I am, and I feel close enough with you, I feel comfortable enough with you to share this information, and to turn around and then uh, mistreat that or betray that trust. That's, that's quite a big thing. Um, or let me speak to my context, right? So I know one, the, the, one of the, the one cousin who's always sharing things about me is the black sheep of the family. And I've always been kind of boring and plain, not plain, but like I'd never caused trouble. So academically, I was always home by five, never missed curfew, blah, 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 blah. So she finally had this thing that she can be like, oh, see, he's weird, he's different, he's doing all these funny things to you know, cast shit away from her. Yeah, she's struggling with her own things and she's finding someone else to become the black sheep of the family. So that was, I feel like it's a huge part of it is I have this power and I can use it for my own gain. And yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't need to speak to that person ever again. Yeah. yeah I, it's okay, I, I can miss that person in my life. I've been outed in the worst possible way. I had a friend, uh, and uh, it's somebody that I'd, I was studying in, in that boarding school that I told you. So I'm, I'm trying to get on with this chick, and I'm trying to hit her on, and then she's like, but Eric, somebody told me that you're gay. And I'm like, dude, like, really? Who told you that? And it's somebody who told somebody who told somebody. And I was like, I don't even identify, but really? People are outing me even before I even come out. And I felt like this is what has been going on. When I try to date, I've tried to date some chicks. And they're usually like, uh, Eric, you're not for me. I feel you're a bit too, you know, touchy-touchy, feely-feely. Did you ever get that? <laughs> or, do ch or do chicks get this thing where you're told, you're too dudish for me? By, by a guy you're trying to... Does it happen? Let me out myself. I have done very many terrible things in my past. And I have forgiven myself, which I think is the best part. But I think I ditched a dude because he was too effeminate. Yeah, I, yeah, I was one of those people. And he was so lovely. I mean, I, I met him. He's very attractive. We had a sexual encounter, which was so amazing. And then also, I'm a ghost. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> So uh, I have, no, I'm not a ghost. I used to be a ghost. Now I'm a real flesh, <laughs> flesh and blood human being with veins, uh, blood, veins running through my blood. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then I, like I literally, I introduced him to my family because I introduce everybody to my family if they will let me. <laughs> but I took him like on a family outing thing. My family just completely loved him. And by that time, I was bored. <laughs> and one of the things was he was so effeminate. I was just like, if I'm going to be with a man, I need a man, man. You know, and all of these ideas that we put in our heads of what a man is supposed to be in the first place, you know. I'm so sorry you went through that. And I'm really sorry that I did that to that guy. I should really apologize. I think it's okay. It, it, it makes you get a thicker skin. I, I, I feel like I'm, but I'm a better person that I went through that. No, it kind of is a good thing. That's true. 
we, all, we always say that at thick, we don't need thick skin. We don't need to go through hardship. Where all of these quotes and cliches of, yeah, yeah, we, don't, we actually don't have to suffer. It's unfortunate that we do, but we don't have to. And we don't have to keep telling ourselves that a hard situation is gonna make us stronger. It, yes, it does, unfortunately, but you can still be stronger without it. Uh, my father passed on. May his soul rest in peace. I loved him to death until today. But there are times when I used to express myself and I'd get so mad and I'd get so emotional and he'd tell me, dude, a man is not supposed to be emotional. Stop being emotional. I'd be like, but I'm creative. I'm a creative. I'm supposed to experience my emotions to be able to create. And he's like, no, that's not the right way. Be the way a man should be. Store it in. Don't cry. Don't shed tears. And I never got that. That's why we are where we are as a country. Because we're fucking led by a patriarchy of pigs who don't show emotion. And now we're fucked up. But also changing. But also changing? I I would like to think so. Pray tell. Like, um, and, and it's funny because I say this in a space with a lot of women, and I think it's actually important to say it in this sort of space. I'm proud, like, feminists, like, you know, like, it's such a basic concept to me that doesn't, like, you know, equality is not a complicated thing. And in, in the same respect, I'm a sister of two brothers, and I, I don't have a good relationship with my father, so that's, that's not the reference that I'm using. Um, but when I look at, like, men of our generation, I really think there's, there's exceptional men out here. Um, and I think there's also a space... And, and it's not to, to negate the story of like what women are saying, which is so important. There's been spaces that have been in which are women's spaces, and then it's like we start talking about men. So sorry, I'm the person doing this, but I also say because there are exceptional men in my life. Like my brothers, um, I have an uncle who's, who stepped in, in such a, an amazing father figure role who do not have that same bias. And, and not just to women, but also to men. Um, the ideas of sensitivity, the ideas of compassion, the ideas of, of softness is not a woman's thing. You know, softness is a human's thing. Hardness is a human's thing. Um, and I think it exists across all genders. And I think um, expressed properly, there's, there's strength you know, across. And, I, and I've seen it in, in, across. I don't believe it's a, it's a negative story that will never change, because I know that it's already changed. There already are brilliant men. We're sitting with them here. So facts, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge it. Because by acknowledging that men can be wonderful, the ones who are, who are not being it, they're just failing. So that's on you, it's, it's, those are your choices. It's, it's not because it's a man thing, no. It's, it's just a bad person thing. At least that's my, my feeling. Thank you, and I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Yes, I'm, I think I blame like patriarchy and the disgustingness of what the patriarchy is mostly on our politicians. <laughs> and a lot of us growing up in toxic African homes with toxic African men. Um, but there are beautiful men. I know beautiful men. Tapiwa is such a beautiful, beautiful man. My brother is such a beautiful man as well. Um, and like maybe one other person. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a very general statement, but it leans more on the negative side for me my, and, and lived experiences as well. And I think, it's, I think for everybody, it has to be your own lived experience at the time, right? Okay. Can, can I yes. say something on that? Sorry, because yes. I, th- I think it's an important thing for me. And, and, and it's taken me a while to get to this point where I see it in this way, 
because I was, I was also that the angry black woman like in most family functions where I'm like talking, oh, men do this and men do this, and, which is 100% true. Usually when I'm speaking to these things, these are actually just the facts of what men do. Um, but I realize also it also can be destructive too. And, and, and maybe it's unfair that women have to also have that conversation where they have to be ac accommodating in a way that like encourages a positive and encourages a change. But I'm like, if we're looking at like, okay, we're not just impacting like, you know, maybe men over a certain age, it's very hard to change them. But I'm like, when I'm looking, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm now, I'm 30. Um, you know, my brothers are younger than me. Like, I have now baby cousins who are coming up, and I have even people having babies all over the place, and they're, and they're having sons who are, as, as children, just like, they're just babies, and they're cute, and I'm like, yo, like, how are we raising them? And it, it cannot also only be a story of, like, this is what men do, and men have done it wrong. It has to be a story of, like, hey, let's actually just spend more time recognizing the men that are doing it well, and the men that are doing it correctly. The people that are, because also women, like, there's everybody who's, like, who's living life incorrectly. Like, so acknowledging that and then, like, um, I don't know, that thing of, like, not passing forward um, the trauma, you know? Yes. Heal so that you don't have to pass. Yeah. And that's why healing is so important, so you don't pass on generational trauma. Yeah. 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 It's complicated. It's hard as yeah, a woman. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And as a queer woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's even more complicated. Yeah, double layers, man. Layers and layers. And there's anger and there's pain. Mm -hmm. beneath it but then uh, maybe i'll say this today and tomorrow i'll just be pissed off who knows <laughs> like, we'll do a little bit of we have oracle cards maybe we can do a little bit of healing so that you don't have to leave this space with that burden you know what i mean it's, it's not a burden it's just a reality and it's it's okay it's funny because i'm coming out of like last year which was so mentally taxing like um you know really trying to believe in the positive and and this is one where I'm like, yeah, actually, I see it. Like, I think there's, there are, there are exceptional men. Just like in this space, I'm meeting exceptional women, and and it's, it's been over a year where before I've met other people outside of like my immediate family. It's inspiring. Maybe. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe I'm delusional. No, it's <laughs> your, your truth is your truth. Your truth is no one can take that from you. No. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we do. We create safe sex. Positive spaces. Yeah. Guys, we have come to the end of our first episode. So I would like you all to please help me in putting hands together for Eric, for Kendi, and for Tapua. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at the spread pod across the board. And you can listen to all our past episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time. Bye. I'll let you go inside to the places I want to hide. I don't want nobody else seeing me naked. But I'll be for you. I want you to take it. Because I know now something special so i just wanna lay down my body and just expose myself to you oh baby